Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Nose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka E-Dub, in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, Go Nose. This is Terrell Fuckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. Great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What's happening, guys? This is Logan from Here the Spear, presented to you by Noel Game Day. We are here tonight recapping a little bit of the first week of Florida State's fall camp heading into the 2019 season. Uh, we are recording this on a Thursday night. Uh, Florida State started their fall camp on Saturday last week. Uh, so we got a lot to talk about. It's a little bit of highlights, some guys that have been impressing um, the staff uh, and some things we've been hearing inside and uh, some predictions and a little bit about that 3-4 defense that we've been hearing a lot about and if that even is going to be a true factor for the defense moving forward as a long season is ahead. But uh, let me go and introduce you guys to my two co-hosts, Dustin Lewis, our lead writer, and also our lead graphic designer, Fisher Goober Atkins. Dude, I don't know if, I mean, is it, how many times are you going to keep referring to me as Fisher Goober Atkins? As long I was wondering the same thing. Is that like a staple now? Like, I is think that- so. I think so. Nobody has contacted me or tweeted us saying that that's really funny or anything, but I'm just going to keep on doing it just for my own sake. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna think of some. I'm gonna think of some for you. Next episode, which makes me want some candy. Maybe you start talking about goobers. <laughs> okay, I was I I was never. I don't think I thought about candy. I don't know about you, Fisher, but I don't think anybody was thinking about candy. I hope you're not calling me candy. No, 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 no. Um, y'all having a good evening? Uh, we got we got a we got a lot to talk about. Dustin. I'm well, doing great. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin's watching uh, some preseason football right now. This yeah. is Dustin's favorite time of year. These next four weeks, um, yeah. Preseason is what we call a jewel break. Preseason football, football for Dustin is is uh, nothing. My like favorite it. time of year. I mean, there's there's really nothing like it. It's truly riveting stuff. Yeah, yeah. time. Obviously, you can't get your eyes off of it. Um, we hope to see you on the podcast at some point during tonight. And uh, we can get your thoughts on a little bit of Florida State football um, instead of Baker Mayfield throwing against third-team uh, defensive backs and then going crazy on social media about it. A touchdown's a touchdown. <laughs> well, y'all give me y'all's thoughts because everybody has their own thoughts about camp and all that kind of stuff, but I just thought I'd go ahead and throw it to you guys and you know what you've been hearing or what you've seen. Um, as we've seen a lot of people after the first practice give a little bit of thoughts on on their side of things, but we've been hearing 
about a few guys that have been impressing early in camp, even some younger dudes. Um, but yeah, y'all just give me y'all's thoughts on that on your own. I would just say the the main takeaways from my, from my point of view early in fall camp have have just been that the offensive line has has been looking really solid under the leadership of new offensive line coach Randy Clements and. During that time, we've also seen Dante Lucas already move up, and he's worked with the starters for the the past three practices. So, you know, early on in fall camp, everything is well along the offensive line. I'll just say, just kind of from a a general standpoint, uh, mostly positive news coming out of camp, which is not a surprise. Typically, um, you know, players and coaches are going to give decent feedback. Um, especially going into this year when the ceiling or should I say there's a lot of room for improvement. So not, not surprising to hear good news coming out of camp. Um, like Dustin said, offensive line, uh, looking improved, looking bigger, stronger, better mindset, which is encouraging, exciting to see Dante Lucas in there. Um, young guys sound like they're doing really well, which is also no surprise. Um, just considering, you know, the guys you, the type of guys you brought in, uh, this year. Um, Overall, just encouraged, excited to see this team continue to get better, continue to learn. Um, also, positive news: sounds like the team is relatively healthy right now. Um, no, no major injuries um, have been reported just yet. So, um, still a lot of camp to go, but overall, uh, optimistic. Speaking of Dante Lucas, as you said, Dustin, he's been working a lot with the first team, uh, and I noticed during the spring practices. Randy Clements was pretty high on him and getting on to him pretty early on. That's usually a, a good sign uh, that he wants to see and is expecting quite a bit out of him. Um, but we also saw, you know, Kendall Bryles talked in, uh, a little bit before one of the practices this week and talked about how Randy Clements coaches. And he says that, you know, Clements is focusing a lot on the mental game more than anything with these guys because they have the physical attributes. But he thinks it's the main problem is the mental uh, focus there, and he, he believes that these guys need to like believe in themselves, uh, build some courage to have a successful offensive line. And you know, Randy Clements has a very nice track record and um, putting guys into the league and also creating the All Americans out of them. Um, and I, I'm just wondering, you know, Dustin, in your opinion, you know, is does could you see Dante Lucas getting quite a bit of reps and getting some playing time against Boise State in that season opener? I mean, with the with the way it's looking right now, Dante Lucas is in position to start that game. And, you know, depending on how he looks for the rest of fall camp, he could be a, a starter throughout the season, which honestly isn't something you see from a true freshman offensive lineman at a major college football program very often. No, no, it's definitely not. He, he's a big boy, too, and he, he's in shape. Um, it still is his first fall camp, so there's a lot to learn. But yeah, he, it's like you said, it's pretty interesting to have a true freshman start, uh, if that's what you're predicting, in a, in a season opener. Um, and obviously Randy Clements uh, is believing in him, of course, with Kendall Bryles and, and Willie Taggart. Uh, but I think he also brings to the table a mentality for that offensive line to get things changed around to uh, that I think is not only going to help that unit, but I think that offense uh, as a whole, I mean, throughout the rest of the season. 
Uh, Absolutely. I, I mean, he's a very nasty, physical type of uh, offensive lineman. And just kind of thinking back on Florida State's offensive line last year, you know, I can't really think of times where I was like, you know, Florida State's offensive line is nasty. They, you didn't really see an offensive lineman. I don't, I don't know if an offensive lineman ever got a, a personal foul penalty after a play ended because, you know, he was blocking too physically or whatnot. So with Lucas potentially stepping into that starting role, I think it brings an edge to the entire offensive line. One little note I have there too, just on Lucas, is uh, it, it appears that you know, this is preparing. You know, prepare yourself for this to be the starting line against Boise. But just one little note is uh, look for Cole Minshew to return. I'm not really sure what his timetable is and what his the severity of his injury is, but I think uh, Cole Cole Minshew would probably get the nod over Lucas if he's ready to go, just depending on when he gets back from his injury. But yeah, at that point, it just depends if. They're going to start Minshew over Scott and then Scott over Lucas. It just depends what Clements wants to do because Minshew was taking reps on the left side of the line before he before he got hurt. Okay. I want to go through uh, – there's some guys that have been impressing early during fall camp, and this is very, very early, so things can change. Uh, I think they only had two full days of pads on so far this week. We're recording this on Thursday night. Uh, as we noted earlier, of course, Dante Lucas, a true freshman. Kalen LeBourne, who's back after an injury, after he suffered, suffered it in the second game against Samford. Uh, Warren Thompson, who's going to be a redshirt freshman. Uh, Keyshawn Helton, who played wide receiver last year and showed a lot of sign, uh, signs of um, optimism for him. Uh, he flashed a lot. Very quick guy and also physical, uh, too, with his running for a little dude. Uh, and then also Juan Williams, who I'm sure Dustin will note on uh, here. He's had a great start to fall camp. We've heard good things about him, um, and we saw, you know, we saw we saw some uh, some not so well uh, product from him uh, during his career at Florida State. But uh, seems like this fall camp is something. Looks like what Randy Clements is wanting to do is get that mental game fixed up, uh, and so it's a good sign to see Juan Williams picking it up that's two offensive line guys that we've mentioned so i promise you you're not drunk or anything this is actually <laughs> happening but uh and then also true freshman at keem dent you kind of expect this a little bit we know the talent is there but to see him be able to compete with guys that have been there for a couple of years is really nice and crucial for him to probably get some playing time uh, against boise state and throughout his uh, true freshman season and then another guy who's a local product here in Tallahassee, Amari Gaynor from Childs High um, High School here. Uh, he actually played most of his time in high school as defensive end. They list him as a linebacker here at Florida State. But he's been moved down to, a little bit to uh, defensive end during the first uh, start of fall camp. Uh, we've been hearing some good things about him. He's not the biggest guy, but he's very shifty and extremely fast. But he also brings a... Uh, physicality caliber that uh you'd like to see so these these guys right now are impressing early during fall camp you guys give me your thoughts maybe there's some other guys that you've been hearing but these so far what we've also listed on our website at nolgameday.com and uh, i'd like to get y'all's thoughts on what you have been hearing yeah i mean i pretty much um agree with the the players you've listed i mean 
like you like you mentioned, it's really encouraging to to see Dante Lucas and Juan Williams on this list after what we saw on the offensive line last year, especially Williams, who I don't I don't know if one of you guys can fact check me on this off the top of your heads, but was Williams the the player that graded out as the worst offensive lineman in, in college football last year? I think that's what you said last week, if I'm correct. I don't I know if can't, yeah. him specifically, but it was one or two guys that were last and second to dead last. So I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if, if he was one of them. Yeah, he was either last or, I mean, he was pretty far down that group. Yeah. So it's just really encouraging to, to see these signs early in camp and to see what Randy Clements is already doing with this unit. Elsewhere, I'm, I'm kind of looking at <clears throat> Warren Thompson and Keyshawn Helton standing out with the wide receivers. I mean, obviously that 2018 wide receiver class, Warren Thompson and Keyshawn Helton making this list. I mean, they came in with a very talented uh, receiving core in the 2018 class. Thompson, Helton, Treshawn Harrison, Jordan Young, and Demarcus Adams. So seeing them stand out this early in their careers is, you know, it's very encouraging to see heading into the 2019 season. I think a guy that has kind of stuck out to me just so far has, has been impressive is Ryan Roberts. Um, not necessarily with, uh, you know, maybe his, I don't necessarily think his play has impressed me, but I think the leadership and experience that he brings to that line, I think will be really good. He's by far the most experienced offensive lineman in this unit. Um, played a lot of college football in, with Northern Illinois. Um, so he brings a lot of starts. Um, and I think it's going to be really good just to have an older guy who can kind of step in and be the veteran, even though that he just arrived on campus. I think he's already kind of taken up that mantle, and I think um, he adds a lot of value just uh, with that mindset. And then, you know, just kind of going off of what Dustin said, a few guys like Keyshawn Helton, Warren Thompson, I think those guys are setting the tone in practice every day, and I think they're bringing it every single rep, and I think it's really good for the competition and just the overall uh, mindset of the team. Um, it's been really good uh, to hear uh, good things about Amari Gaynor. Uh, just knowing that you have some young talent who who you know, maybe he doesn't contribute as much this year just because he's he's undersized and uh, needs to put on some more weight. But it's encouraging for the future to hear that you have these young guys and um, and also Jawan Williams. Uh, just huge to hear the strides that he's made so far in camp. Uh, primarily, probably just with his mindset and his mentality, and uh, also some size. Um, just getting his body right uh, to play to play football, but. Um, Anyway, yeah, those are just a few guys that have kind of stood out in my mind. I want to get y'all's thoughts on that running back position. And also, you know, with Kalen LeBorn having a strong start to camp, making plays, making cuts good, and is obviously having a nice, healthy start to Florida State's fall camp. But how much, you know, that will go into how Kendall Bryles will use him because I think he'll be utilized in a lot of different ways. I think he has a skill set where he could be a great pass catcher, uh, and, and, you know, I've said, and I'll say for the fourth time, uh, Le'Veon Bell, I see a comparison there. Uh, but whenever it does happen and it shows on the field, uh, I would like to have my uh, respect given to myself. But I want to get y'all's thoughts on, you know, Kalen LeBorn and coming back from that injury because uh, Tashawn Reed from The Athletic put out a great piece about him who uh, pretty much... <clears throat> coming out and saying he was pretty depressed last year after that injury. And then also, the year before that, uh, Jimbo Fisher decided to uh, not give him any playing time, and he was also uh, not very happy about that. But just to get 
y'all's thoughts on Caitlin LeBourne and how much this season means to him and how big of a chip that uh, is on his shoulder moving into uh, the 2019 season. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I can't imagine how big the chip on his shoulder is. I mean, I talked about it a little bit last week when, when we mentioned the running backs during our preview, but, you know, LeBourne didn't get a chance to play. Tagger comes in. He has a breakout spring game. It looks like he's going to be a major part of the running back rotation. Then, boom, in the second game, that season's wiped out from him. And then he's back at square one where he has to rebuild and improve himself again and, and work himself back into that rotation. So, you know, I think we're really going to see Kalan, Kalan LeBourne's best effort in 2019. Like, he's he's really worked hard to get back to this point, and I think he understands that this chance doesn't come around often, you know? Yeah, what, what kind of comparison would you put him as, like, for a running back? Um, maybe even a former Noel. I think he's he's something different that we haven't seen in a while, but that might just be me. Yeah, just, just off the top of my head, I don't know if their body types are similar, but just kind of the way they play football, I, I kind of think Chris Thompson, mm. just because Chris Thompson was a, a versatile running back at Florida State. He can make plays with his feet, and he can make plays out of the backfield catching the ball. And I think LeBourne brings those same kind of qualities to Florida State's offense. Dustin, that was the exact name I was thinking. Uh, Chris Thompson <laughs> is, a, is a perfect example. Uh, just his ability to put a foot in the ground, stop, change directions, and then accelerate. And then to top it off with elite speed, uh, a guy that can run away from everybody on the defense. Um, and like you said, good pass catcher. Uh, he's shown that ability as well. For me, there's still a, a little bit of a question mark out there just because – um, you know, we've seen him make plays. We've seen him make a, a, a few explosive plays, but I don't know that we've seen any kind of consistency, which I, is not his fault. Um, like you mentioned, he was registered his freshman year uh, and then last year that injury. So we haven't really seen, you know, consistent snaps and, and a lot of chances for him. And I think, I think he's got to be a little bit nervous. Um, I think, uh, leading up to this injury, you know, I think it shook his, shook his mindset a little bit and, um, but I think that once once he takes that first hit against Boise State in live action, um, I think he's going to be like, all right, let's go. And, and I think from there you're going to see Kalen Laybourne ha- have an incredible year uh, if he can stay healthy. Uh, really special player. Excited to see him finally get his opportunity and finally get some uh, some more snaps this year. So you're predicting him to hit a lot of holes and hit that bit? Hit that bit, babe. <laughs> Absolutely. But – Taggart, Taggart talked about talked about him in a, in a media uh, time this week. How um, I think I think Kalen's a little bit a little bit hesitant uh, right now. He mentioned how instead of going into contact, he wants to dance around a little bit too much. And, and Taggart got on him for it, but then Taggart followed up by saying uh, he had a really nice long seventy yard run uh, later on in practice that day. So uh, they're going to have to kind of get on him about not dancing around too much and not trying to make every play you know a sixty yarder or a seventy yarder. You know, if he can pick up three, four, five, six, then he has to be okay with that. And so I think that's kind of an aspect of his game that I think he's going to have to get a little bit better at. But uh, if he can do that, uh, he's going to be a great back. Yeah, and, and you're noted on, like, some explosive plays we saw from him. We, it was very rare to see them. I mean, that mainly in game, we saw that 
against Virginia Tech in the first uh, in the season opener. Uh, and then mainly the other ones uh, were really spring games, and you saw how fast he was, and he flashed then. But, you know, really that that first game against uh, the Hokies was what you got to see. Uh, and you saw a lot of talent. You saw a lot of shiftiness. Uh, you saw some jukes, and you saw some speed. Um, so, you know, hopefully the, the future is bright for him. Uh, and I'm, I'm definitely excited to see how Kendall Browse uses these guys uh, and utilizes their talents because I think Florida State is most definitely talented in so many areas. It's just on how the coaching is and how these guys are going to be put in the right scenarios to make the offense right. move right. Also defensively too. Um, just one last guy that has been impressing a lot, probably uh, impressed the most so far is Warren Thompson. Uh, he's going to be a redshirt freshman this upcoming season. Give me y'all's thoughts on him because a lot of people are predicting him to get some uh, a lot of first-team reps this year, and if not, maybe even get a starting uh, gig against Boise State against Jacksonville. Yeah, I mean, Thompson's taken the, the bulk of Tamori Ontario's reps ever since uh, Terry underwent surgery <clears throat> last week, and He's been very impressive. I mean, he's made a he's made a lot of impressive catches early in fall camp, and he's also been able to turn those catches into some impressive plays down the field. So Thompson's looking good at this point, and you know the hope is he'll be able to break into the wide receiver rotation this year, if not overtaking Keith Gavin potentially for a starting spot. We talked last time on the podcast about how. Uh, Tamori and Terry's minor injury could open up a window of opportunity um, just to get more reps in practice and really and really shine. And Warren Thompson is a dude that has taken uh, every advantage of that that he can. Um, a guy, you know, good good size. He's listed six three, two hundred and one pounds. Um, but yeah, he's a guy that's. I mean, totally, totally flipped his mindset from last year. I think last year, at times, he was questioning whether he even wanted to to be at FSU, but yeah. um, he's a guy now that I think is invested in this program. Uh, he believes in Taggart. He believes in James Blackman. He believes in his teammates, and he believes in not only what this team can do, but what he can do himself. And so, um, yeah, don't be surprised if if he steals somebody's spot, and he's not going to steal Tamori and Terry's spot. Um, looking at you, Keith Gavin. So, um, man, yeah, I'm excited about Warren Thompson and, and seeing what he can do. And yeah, just just speaking quickly on uh, Tamori on Terry, it looks like he could be returning from his injury sooner than later. I mean, he posted on his Instagram story earlier today a picture of him dressed in full pads without any sort of brace on his knee, and the the caption says, "I'm back." So, I mean, I guess I we'll find out I guess shortly. You wouldn't want to have that in the picture. Either. Yeah, that was. I feel like that was more for the photo shoot, but. Oh. You're to- you're totally right. I-, I expect him to be back. Uh, mm, That's what ta- I mean. Ta- within, ta- a, <clears throat> within a week and a half to two weeks, I think you're going to see you. You will see him back on the field. Yeah, I think Taggart ex- is expecting him to get a little bit of fall camp uh, time and some practice in before going into that season opener. Um, and just to kind of note a little bit on just how the vibe is there, uh, people that were there uh, are saying that it, it seems very. Focused and, and it's physical, uh, and it's just a different vibe from last year. You know, a lot of 
the practices were kind of just trying to show that they were happy um, and they were enjoying themselves. But this year, not a lot of talk. Um, and you can definitely tell the guys are ready to make a change after what happened uh, to them last year. You know, not going to a bowl game, you're going five and seven, and then you lose to both rivals. That will that will wake up a whole program uh, in and out. So uh, it seems like the practices seem to be a little bit more determined and kind of just focusing on what needs to be done in front of them. A little bit uh, to note, you know, the big topic kind of this week was Barnett talking about the defense uh, and how it should how it's going to be ran uh, you know a lot of people are in you know it's kind of uh, the deal with the 3-4 defense for Florida State going into the season but in my opinion I think this is going to be jostled around quite a bit even Barnett uh, mentioned that that there's a lot of guys that he can use in different areas that will be versatile and he wants to show where their talents are it just depends on and what he sees works best during practice. But you guys give me your thoughts on uh, the defense and what Barnett said uh, in that 3-4 uh, form. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a very interesting look on defense. I mean, it's not, a, it's not really a true 3-4 where you have three defensive linemen and then four linebackers. It's more of a you have three um, defensive linemen you have two defensive end slash outside linebacker hybrids that can draw back into coverage when needed. And then you have your two true middle linebackers. So right now, Florida State's been lining up with Marvin Wilson, Robert Cooper, and Corey Durden as a three down lineman. And then Joshua Kando, Janarius Robinson, and um, Leonard Warner at times on the um, in slash outside linebacker position. So I really think it's just the defense understanding that going into the season, they don't have a, a true superstar pass rusher like a Brian Burns. And they're just trying to create different looks to create pressure on quarterbacks. It's almost like I had maybe shared my thoughts earlier. It's um, exactly what I said and, earlier before and, you said it. <laughs> Uh, timestamp uh, <laughs> show me the screenshots uh, oh <laughs> you typed it you typed it but i said it out loud <laughs> Ooh, where's baby, the timestamp where's the timestamp <laughs> look at the time timestamp please screenshot it's in my it. brain uh, well i don't even i think me and dustin are just on the same wavelength right now i think we our our uh our podcast uh continuity has really come come together so that's probably what it is um <laughs> Yeah, but no, I agree. I think this switch to 3-4 is, is compensating for the fact that you don't have a, a guy like Brian Burns who you can count on to consistently put pressure on the quarterback, uh, get in his face, and cause some chaos. Um, it's going to utilize the athleticism um, of your ends uh, and also allow – Harlan Barnett talked about this in, in an interview. Uh, they want to get the best 11 guys on the field, um, and this really allows them to do that get your best 11 football players on the field um, to utilize the talent that is on this roster. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see Josh Kando and uh, Janaeus Robinson drop back in coverage. Uh, I'm a little nervous, not going to lie to you about that, but uh, it, it could be it could be good um, just to kind of utilize their versatility there. But, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll I'm, see what it looks like this year. I'd be very interested to see how Janaeus Robinson fits in that scheme 
I'd be very interested. I don't know. And, and, yeah, and and also, you know, having Durden, uh, Wilson, and Cooper all out on the same field at the same time, uh, those guys are going to get tired. So I don't know, you know, how much solid depth you have behind those three. So I don't know, you know, if this is something they can go with, uh, you know, pretty normally, pretty often, just because guys are going to get tired eventually, and I don't know how much depth you have there, defensive tackle behind those three. I'd be interested to see Malcolm Ray maybe move up. We saw some pictures of him and how much he's evolved through uh, his true freshman and conditioning and being in that weight room. But he's packed on some pounds. That's a that's a big boy. He's got the size. Uh, just depends if Odell Hagens can get him um, inside to the rotation and, and coach him up well. Well, if y'all have anything else to say or don't have anything else to say about the fall camp, all that, we can kind of jump into recruiting to finish off this podcast. Anything else? Anything else you want to note on? Any predictions for the second week of fall camp? Nope. Nothing whatsoever. Dustin's watching Baker Mayfield. Don't call me out. <laughs> Caught you. So, last night on Wednesday night, four-star running back Lawrence to a Philly committed to Florida State over UF, Auburn, Michigan, and others. He uh, is now the second four-star running back to commit to Florida State, and it happens to be in a matter of eight days as he joins Jalen Knighton. Uh, Florida State also, of course, we've got to include this in here. I know Dustin did it on purpose. Florida State now moves past <laughs> Florida, Miami, and Texas A&M for the number eight recruiting class per 247 Sports. How, how impressive is this? to be going on after a 5-7 and seven season last year. You lose to both rivals, in-state rivals, and you don't go to a bowl game. How impressive is this for Willie Taggart and company? Impressive enough to mention. <laughs> uh, incredibly impressive. Uh, this, this is kind of what that staff, really what they're all about, and it's kind of what the fans expected uh taggart's a guy who can recruit it's what they're known for it's what they're really good at so the fact that they were able to do it and be top 10 going into the season after the worst year in 40 seasons is is pretty impressive yeah i think the most important thing to note on is you know with florida state having 21 commitments with still over four months to go until the early the early signing period in december they can now be extremely selective with who they let into the class for the the last couple spots. I mean, Florida State's probably going to take they're going to take at least twenty five players with the potential to take twenty six or twenty seven. So you're looking at maybe six more players coming into this class by the time it's all said and done. Who are some of the main targets for uh, Florida State? Yeah, some of the main targets are. Guys we saw at SNL, I mean, you've got five-star outside linebacker, Savelle Smalls, four-star offensive tackle, Isaiah Walker, who might be the most important target left on the board. You've also got four-star outside linebacker, Jalen Harrell, four-star running back, Dewan Edwards, who many expect to commit to Florida State shortly, and then four-star wide receiver, Brian Robinson, who is also a major Florida State lean that's a lot of stars, and to note, that would be a third four-star running back for Florida State and for Dante Pimpleton. We ain't got no backs. 
Uh, and uh, so that's that's pretty much the rundown on recruiting. Uh, is there anything else y'all want to note on that? I mean, Florida State's on a roll. Uh, this is very nice uh, for Florida State, obviously, heading into a, a new season, trying to make some change after uh, not even making it to a bowl game last year. But Florida State is hot right now. Number eight class currently per 247 Sports. As always, got oh, oh, I was Fisher's I was going to say just <laughs> my my thoughts on where they're at right now with number eight class. Uh, the I think they've kind of reached the ceiling relatively as far as how high this class can get in terms of ranking. I don't know that they're going to be able to crack the top five this year, just considering you know who the top five are currently or top four, I should say, really. Um, so I think between ten and 10 and 6 uh, in the rankings is kind of where I think they're going to fall, and that's kind of where I think the ceiling for this class is. I think the challenge now uh, is backing it up with playing on the field. Um, can they sell these guys on what they've been telling them? Can they win you know, eight, nine games? And can they stay where they're at, I think, is going to be the challenge. So they have so far they have zero decommitments in the class of 2020, um, and it feels like a lot of these guys are going to stick, but we'll see uh, how the, how the uh, play on the field backs that up. Yeah, I agree with what you just said there. I mean, it's definitely going to come down to how Florida State performs on the field. If if they have another five and seven season, which I mean, no one's expecting, and I don't want to bring bad juju into the air, but you know, if it did happen, there's a lot of what well, I want to say a lot, but at least some of the commits in this class likely wouldn't stick. So it's going to come down to how this team performs on the field, and depending on how well they perform, <clears throat> they might be able to attracts Savelle Smalls from the West Coast. So we shall see. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it being on the field and so showing a lot of improvement there will seal some of these high-caliber guys that Florida State really needs. As always, guys, uh, you can listen to this podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play. If you're listening on SoundCloud, feel free to leave a like. Also, if you're on iTunes, feel free Feel free to leave a rating. Five stars always helps. Leave a review if there's anything that you would like us to bring up or talk about or any kind of segments that you think would be great that other Knowles would like to listen to. Uh, if you're not following us on Twitter, we are at Hear the Spear. If you have any questions that you'd like us to cover, always over there, feel free to tweet us and let us know or DM us, whichever one you prefer. Um, but yeah, we'll be back actually in about a week and a half. I personally will be gone on a trip and I am the one that records this pretty thing. So Dustin Fisher will have a break. But once we get back, it is full steam ahead to get ready for the season uh, that is getting pretty close. What are we at now? 23 days. Uh, it is booking it. So uh, as always, thank you guys so much for listening. It means a lot to us. And uh, we will see you guys in about a week and a half.